BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are where huddle with me, Graham, with me for usual. My producer, Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? And our master of all things sound messy. How's it going? Gentlemen, I can't wait to tell you I am fired up to announce rejoining us, the hosts of Bonte Steine and Guru on 95.7 The Game, an expert on all things Bay Area sports and a longtime friend of this show who, and I, it kills me to say this, man, be, I have to because it's a prediction show today. The reigning prediction champion on our podcast, Mr. <laughs> Bonte Hill. What's going on, Bonte? <laughs> What's up, boys? Eminem, Maxine, Marcus, and of course you, Bram. It's always a pleasure to be on this pod. And uh, you know what? I, I I'm glad that you gave me my flowers, as the kids say, Bram. You gave me my flowers, man, for 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 my victories here on the podcast. I think I'm undefeated. It's like 17 and 0 right now. I don't think I've ever lost a prediction in my life. Let's just keep it going. I, I'm, I'm mad. I'm very humble about it. Thank you very much. You and I must use the word undefeated differently because I'm pretty sure <laughs> that you had quite a few predictions that did not go well, man. But uh, I owe you an, a, a congratulations. I saw today that you got unblocked on Twitter by the MLB Network's John Smith. <laughs> oh, congrats, dude. I know that was long in the, oh, you know, long in the making. You've been worried about it. So there it is. Hey, John Heyman, unblock me, man. That's a big, that's big news. Uh, Mina Kimes, I checked her on San San Fran. She replied, and your boy Jay York, owner of the 49ers, quote tweeted me. I mean, what a better week on Twitter. I mean, I wish we got paid off of Twitter or some tweets or whatnot. But it's not a bad. I, I can just close Twitter for the rest of the week. Uh, that's how good this week has been on Twitter. Well, if you're handing out Twitter advice, we could use some. So Tim Kawakami, the godfather of the sports scene here, has had us blocked for, I don't know, about 20, 25 years. Any, I mean, Heyman let you out of his jail. Any suggestions for us, man? What can I do with Tim? Oh, boy. You know what? Next time I see Tim, I'm going to let him know. I, 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 honestly, you guys, <laughs> you text me, Bram. Like, hey, TK, man, come on. You got to unblock Warriors Huddle. Come on, man. Like, what's that. going on, TK? And you know what? He's just been throwing block parties out there. You know, and I, you know, I like TK. He's a good guy, and I'm gonna just leave it at that. But yeah, I'm, I'm when I see him, I'm gonna make sure you guys are unblocked. 
uh, Tim Kawakami's Twitter feed, man. That, that's not right. We got let the, Come on, TK. Let the record reflect. I'm right now erasing the tweet I was going to send to John Heyman saying you need to block Bonte immediately. But now that we're on the same team, man, there's no need for that. Uh, boys, we're going to make that happen. <laughs> the NBA is basically around the corner. We're going to use that as an excuse for a prediction show. A couple reminders before we jump in. One, Maddie Stats is out there listening as I speak. He's going to be writing down all of our predictions. And at some point, we're going to have him on and he will give us our full season results. In fact, we've done that in the past, which is why we unfortunately know two things. One, Bonte is in fact our champion. Two, he's not undefeated. He has definitely had some predictions not go the right way. Uh, and the second thing you should know before you hear my questions is that I should probably just do these for what's going to happen in the playoffs, but that's kind of boring to me. So we're going to be jumping around from topic to topic. And let me get a logistical point out of the way up front. Maxine, this question is to you. I think I have about 11 predictions in front of me. Over under 10 on the amount of times Marcus agrees with Bonte, what do you got? <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Uh, I take the uh, I'm taking the up. No, like I usually say, Bram, you set some pretty good lines. That might have to be a push. <laughs> Woo! Like we'll man. Marcus, <laughs> we, just, we just, you know, we're like-minded, man. We, we think alike, man. We, I, I can't, you can't hate the player, Bram. You can't hate them. Can't hate them. I mean, there's two right off the bat. We are like-minded, and you can't hate the players. So there's two right there that I'm agree with there you. It on. Is. I, I take the way over. Oh my god! <laughs> and it would have been way funnier if you said I disagree with you, bastard. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I'm the reigning champion between us three. So Bonte and I got the belts right now. I'm not really sure if that's true at all. Uh, and if it is, there's no need to shout it into the mic. Uh, let's let's just move immediately on. Um, and Bonte, let me ask you, you know, this I, I announced it being a prediction, but let me ask a question that's not really a prediction. Should the right. NBA be coming back in July? And, and let me let me put a finer point on it. If this was up to you, if you were Adam Silver and you literally had a button in front of you that if you pressed it, the NBA plays, if you didn't, they do not. They've got a way to seize it. Would you press it? Boy, it's tough, man. With everything going on in the world right now, I'm not sure if I, I, I would press it, man. I, I, I think there's just so many things bigger than basketball right now. Now, obviously, if the Warriors were into it, um, I would probably my, – my thinking would be a bit skewed, right? I would have said, okay, how do we figure this out? How do we play a game? How do you get Steph Curry as 4-3, so on and so forth? But, man, it is just the optics of it the division within the NBA about coming back to the bubble. Uh, it seems like players are not on board. Not everybody's on board, I mean. Um, it just seems like there's a big divide right now. And are you really going to keep these guys in a bubble for that long? I, granted, you're playing in the second round. You're going to be there for a month. Is that enough? You know, is the amenities, right. a ping pong table or a movie theater or a DJ, is that enough to keep everybody focused? Um, it just doesn't seem – right right now and, and, and it's crazy because i love basketball i love the nba i love it and i was looking forward to these playoffs without the warriors uh more so than any playoff maybe you, you know outside of the go to say warriors of course i mean these playoffs are going to be fascinating the blazers coming on here trying to get the ac zion williamson with the pelicans not not to mention Kawhi, the clippers maybe the all la western conference final houston with their small ball lineup I mean, what was going to happen to the East with Milwaukee and Miami and Philly and Boston and Indy? I mean, it was just going to be fascinating here 
you know, three months into this pandemic, a little over three months into this pandemic, I'm really like, you know what? I, sports is not the most important thing to me right now. Right. So um, right. it, it, it's crazy for me to say, but I'm leaning for the NBA just to get canceled. Just get it right, man. And it, it just seems like they're just kind of thinking on the fly here on how to get a season in because they don't want to lose all the money. Um, I, I think it is a distraction to a degree about what's going on in the world. Um, yeah, sure, players can use their platform in the games and after the games or whatnot, but we know damn well if LeBron James drops a 50-point triple-double, that's going to lead the highlight package. That's going to lead that. That's going to be on the headline. That's going to be the main headline, I should say. Yeah. And, yeah, there will be a little bit about, oh, man, this is what LeBron wore in terms of, like, I can't breathe shirts and, you know, social injustice or whatnot. But it, we will be distracted. And I almost think, like, the pandemic is the best thing to happen to this world because, look, if we had basketball fellas, conference finals, baseball going on, I'm a black man. I probably wouldn't be – into what's going on in the country if there were sports going on right now. I got to admit it. I got to admit it. I think the perfect storm was George Floyd. What happened to George Floyd, unfortunately, lost his life. And it's, it, it's really, really an awful thing. And hopefully those cops are jailed or, uh, for the rest of their life. But if there was sports going on, how much attention would sure. I have paid to George Floyd? You know, and I, I hate to admit that because we've seen other unarmed black kids, black people killed. And, you know, we talk about it for a couple of days and, we move on. You know what I'm saying? I think with the pandemic happening, with basically people locked up in their cribs, we're able to really focus on this. So I think it does. If the NBA comes back and they play games, it does take a little away um, from everything that's happening in this world. So if I'm at a silver vest, I got to think about, I got to think wisely about having the NBA come back July 30th. What you are saying is that there was a captive audience at a time we needed a captive audience desperately. It's an unfortunate reason we had a captive audience, but there's some upsides to it. And as far as whether or not you bring back the NBA, so there's two major points for me, right? There's there's the political impact and there's the health impact. Let's start with politics because I thought you just broke it down beautifully. The best thing about the NBA's return when looked at it from a political lens is its worst. The reason we all want the NBA to come back is because we want distractions, because we want entertainment, because we're all dying at home and we need something. But at a time when we are just praising that static audience and that, you know, and the people who are watching, if we now have a distraction, you're going to lose some of that, right? So there's definitely right. a downside there, which leads health. F- I tell you, the NBA doesn't understand its impact. These fools literally just came out this last week and said, look, you can play ping pong, but you can't play doubles ping pong because you'd be too close. <laughs> so if I'm following the bouncing ball, it's all good for these fools to play five on five contact hoop for two hours, but they can't play 20 minutes of a non-contact hobby within 30 feet because they're worried about the virus. So which one is it? You know, so if, if there is no medical clarity and there's a downside politically, then man, I'm okay if these billionaires lose a little bit of money. Um, and, and I wouldn't hit the button. Marcus, where are you? Um, I'm, I'm missing out on, on the bet here because I'm going to disagree, but I think the I would hit the button. So and here's why. So completely agree. I think starting the season is a distraction. I think the the events were the perfect storm that led to what is hopefully gonna be systemic and lasting change. And it wouldn't have happened as quickly or in this way if we had sports back or if there are other things that were a little bit more normal. That said I think when 
when the NBA comes back and the amount of games that are coming back, I don't think it's enough of a distraction that it will derail the, an entire movement. I don't, you know, like I think that's giving the NBA too much credit for their power. They're a great league and they are impactful and influential, but they are not that. I don't even think the NFL is that. Um, I think watching 22 teams play inside a bubble will give you, you know, like uh, escape for a few hours. But I don't think people watching games at seven at night instead of being in the streets is necessarily something that's going to derail the movement. That said, I would push the button out of concern and looking forward beyond this. You know, I think police reform is going to happen at what scale and what level per state is still anybody's guess. But I think it will manifest itself in different ways throughout the country now. And do you think it maintains 100 percent? I hear you that it won't derail it. And I don't think Bonte and I think that the movement stops. But let's say it's at 100 percent now. NBA comes back, you know, everybody, everyone's tweeting about it. Everyone's conscious of it. The news is talking about it. That's what athletes are talking about. That's the focus of everything. If the NBA comes back and just like Monte said, there's a 50 point triple double. Does it stay at 100? Does it go down to 80? Does it go to 70? What, what percentage does the movement get pushed back to? For those moments where they're talking about the athletic performance, it gets pushed down to 50 50, you know, but that's a lot. Uh, no. It is, and it's a sacrifice, but it also allows the NBA players to do what they haven't done before, which is kneel during the anthem yeah. and stand with NFL players. Yeah. It allows them to wear the shirts, like Bonte said, but I think it also allows them to continue on the path of generating and sustaining wealth and um, you know, like success for families of color moving forward like you know like i mean you hear all the time like the nba players are rich and the owners are wealthy and i think that's true but you know like if you don't have this season the ramifications for next season in the cba are catastrophic like i don't think that's a you know hyperbole to say that that word is it fits so when you look at what would happen if you don't play i think that generational impact that would be lost is significant. And some of these players do have platforms and don't just spend their money strictly on cars and houses. And I think they wouldn't spend it that way moving forward based on this. So it's it's tough. I mean, it's not a slam dunk to me that I would push the button and go. Um, and the health factors are definitely, you know, key concerns. But I think from a standpoint of how can these players who are talented and, you know, like a part of a company in one sphere, instead of staying complicit and quiet, like how can they use their voices in other ways? And I think playing is one of those ways. I don't think not playing to me is just like not going to work for them. And that doesn't help. I don't want to stretch out the political portion of this, so I'm going to push us on. But I will say that if they if they didn't play, they wouldn't lose their platform. All of those athletes could still contribute to this movement. I mean, I, I understand what you are saying, and maybe we'll have a more public one with all eyes on them. Um, Bonte, did he talk you out of it? He did not. He did not. Now, let me say this. Let me preface this statement by saying I do think the NBA will come back. I'll watch every second of it. Uh, I yep, think we all too. would. 
Um, and I do think I think I do think they're making the steps and pushing forward to make this happen. Now, I applaud the NBA for trying, uh, for even getting to this point. I mean, things looked bleak a month ago. It looked bleak two months ago. The fact that they're here and have stadiums set up in Orlando, worldwide at Disney, the hotel set up, which is pretty funny when you think about the hotels and the rooms that they have uh, on display there in Orlando for the players. But, you know, I, I still think, like, hey, look, and I, and I get it. There's a lot of money on the line here. There's the CBA deal. There's health. There's just so many unknowns. But I get Marcus' standpoint from, you know, you got to take a risk. So what are these leagues are going to have to take a risk to get back and to see how, they, like we see NASCAR, we see the Premier League come back today. Uh, we see NASCAR with a couple races. We're seeing golf, the Charles Schwab Invitational was over the weekend. Like we're starting to get those other sports back and now it's time for the big three. I get it. Um, I just, you know, if I was in power, I'd just be like, you know what? It's just not worth it. Let's reset our schedule. Maybe we could start on Christmas or whatnot and go from there. But, you know, I, I still wouldn't push that button. But Marcus does make a compelling case, and I and I get it. I get it. I totally get where he's coming from. I don't think there's a wrong answer here. You know, Brad? I don't think so. I, I, really, I honestly yeah. don't. You know, no, I don't think if you don't want to play, fine. If yeah. you want to play, fine. I get it. I get both sides of it. I, I just wish... One of the other things, sorry, just real quick, like seeing the black soccer players and, and white, seeing soccer players in the Bundesliga take a knee, to me, like, they're taking up the fight and they're back and they're playing. To me, it just seems wrong if we're not joining that, you know, like, and maybe they're doing it for different reasons. And, you know, it's, it's more complex than that. It's not just as black and white as, as I'm making it. But to me, it just seems like there are other leagues and other sports that have already, to your point, Bonte, coming back and they're taking right. up this fight. So, but, you know, to me, it's almost like the NBA... The fight can happen. The fight can happen without basketball being. Press focusing only on politics makes me feel like the tail is wagging its dog. There's a there's a global pandemic happening that we don't have any straightforward medical advice coming in on. I mean, I, I said it in jest, but it's an important distinction. They think ping pong is dangerous, but hoop is fine. Yeah. You know, so I, I wouldn't mind if someone could come down. If there was some actual medical authority who would say, "Look, basketball's safe. Don't worry about it." Then okay, then we focus on the politics. But that's not what's happening. You know, no one said that about NASCAR. No one said that about soccer. No one said that about any of these other sports. So I understand that no one's taking the precautions. But that doesn't mean that the NBA shouldn't. Maybe they could be standard bearers. Um, but let me give you a related and maybe a little bit less serious question. So this whole thing is premised on them being able to maintain a bubble, right? The idea is they're gonna test all of these people, they know exactly who's coming in, and then once the universe is established, it's cut off, that's done. Nobody gets in or out of the bubble. So my question to you boys is, will they be able to maintain that bubble? Like, we'll probably never know, right? But I, I feel right. like, if you guys remember that movie, Jurassic Park? If life uh, finds a way. And there's that line, the, the there's one of the plot lines in Jurassic Park is that all the, the dinosaurs are female and they do that so they can control whether or not they uh, can have babies. And I think Jeff Goldblum says life finds a way. 
I feel like life's going to find a way. There's going to be a groupie in the bubble. There's going to be a business net somewhere, somehow, someone's going to break this bubble and they're not going to be able to maintain it. What well, do you guys think? We already know for a fact. I mean, it's not even a hypothesis. The, the Disney workers themselves aren't required to stay in the bubble. They're allowed to go home and go about their whatever their daily lives are. You know, we've seen a lot of players. I think JJ Reddick was one that tweeted out a response of like, well, that's up. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, there you go. And not to mention the Orlando airport employees, right? The employees at the Orlando airport. I mean, <laughs> 260. Now, I know that report has been refuted and people are saying different things, but boy, like it, it just, Florida's one of the main hubs, right? With the right. numbers spiking to everything. So, not to mention Orlando, so that seems right. Like these employees going in and out, like that's that's not right. That's not. And right. they also and they also have one of the things they called out in reports, if they're correct, is that they have a snitch hotline, right? That if yeah. somebody yes. breaks the bubble, <laughs> you can call that line. And you know, there's obviously some funny takes on LeBron yes. calling and and saying that he definitely saw Giannis and and Kawhi breaking the bubble, so they should probably be kicked out. Yeah, who's the most likely? But I, I assume they didn't create it because LeBron used that to get Draymond kicked out, right? But <laughs> and, and and I saw there was a whole lot of argument on social media who would be the person most likely to use the snitch line, and it looked like the odds-on favorite was Chris Paul. But my money would be on LeBron, man. I mean, he I, he knows that his legacy might be coming to a close. We know he was willing to call Kiki Vanderway. It seems like he would be the dude to drop a dime. But uh, Bonte, who's your money on? You know, LeBron wouldn't drop the dime per se. He would instigate it. But you have somebody like Quinn Cook. He'd have somebody <laughs> at the oh, end of the bench that's a great doing dirty work. <laughs> you know, so the, the stars are not going to do it. Chris Paul's too obvious. He's going to have somebody at the end of the bench on OKC do it. None of the stars are going to do it. They're going to make the 15th man, the 12th man. They're going to kind of be the eyes on the scene, right? I love They're going to be looking at everybody and say, you know what? All right, trying to push the highlighted. Like you could imagine, like who's on the end of the bench for the Clippers? Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I don't even know who the rosters are right now. It's been so long. You guys, twelfth man on the Clippers, maybe out there. They'll send a text to Kawhi Leonard, like Yo Kawhi. I see LeBron out here trying to get into one of the hotels. Not they're not going to the Grand Destino. They're going to the yacht club. Uh, <laughs> Kawhi, what should I do? Kawhi said, "Make your magic. Do call you it do. in. Call that. Call it in right call now. Call it in, baby. Let's I, go. I, I so, love the idea. It's going to be a lot." A lot of role players here who's going to be pushing that hotline for the superstars because the superstars don't want their names attached to this hotline at all. So I'm going with some of these role players who are not going to get much playing time in this uh, once the regular season resumes and then, of course, the playoffs. I love the idea of the NBA having like Donald Sterling-like tape of Quinn Cook calling. It'd be like, I just saw LeBron, LeBron, who was it? Who was it? I just saw Harden out of the strip club. No, it wasn't Harden. It was, you know, that'd just be such good. And uh, Bonte, you brought up that the NBA publicized the hotel accommodations. And what they showed was that... They have different tiers of hotels. Some are really nice. Some of them aren't so nice. And so what the NBA did is they dictated the level of hotel that you got by the seeds, right? So the Grand Destino must be the nicest one. Those are the top seeds. And there's the Grand uh, Floridian and like Bonte Junk, the Yacht Club. But here's my question for you guys. So uh, now that everybody knows where every team is playing, I guarantee you there's going to be shady-ass tampering like the poison pizza for Jordan. Like, we know fans are going to do it. But 
we just talked about what player would be most likely to snitch, right? What player right. would be most likely to tamper with somebody's food or screw over a, uh, a another player, you know, or another team? Um, and to give you guys time to think, I'll go first. I was thinking it out. I think it's Jimmy Butler. Here's why. I think Jimmy desperately wants to get. Okay, I think he's vicious. I think he want. I think he's as competitive as can be. I think he wants to be considered in the top echelon, and I think he would be down to do whatever. I think it's you know it's all fair in fun games and playoffs, you know. So it would be on uh, from Butler. Do you guys have anybody you think might be as shady? You know what? I was thinking. At first, I was thinking about Rudy Gobert, but I think he's been humbled due to catching the COVID nineteen. He would do it around that week before he caught this. I don't think he would do it now. <laughs> I think that that ship has sailed, basically. So I'm not sure it would be him. I say it's Patrick Beverly with oh. the L.A. Clippers. He's looking <laughs> for every single advantage. Man, he may sneak into the Glare Floridian. Grant Floridian, I should say. You know, he sees the Thunder on his schedule. Now, what are we going to mess with Chris Paul's cereal? You know, he sees the Rockets, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're drinking Gatorade. Let me let me swap the Gatorade. You know what I'm saying? Patrick Beverly is the guy who I'm looking for. Uh, he's going to be standing at the Grand Destino. He will be running, running into the Yacht Club. He'll find a key card, somehow, some way to get into the Yacht Club, into the Grand Floridian, and he's going to he's gonna do some damage. So my guy is Patrick Beverly. My boy Jimmy Butler is also at the Destino, and know that if he sees Pat Bev trying to leave his room, he's just going to beat his ass. Just immediately. He's just going to punch him <laughs> right in the face. Maxime, it sounded like you had Pat Bev. So I'm going to you to force you to come up with somebody hella fast. <laughs> Who do you have? Oh, that's brutal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because Patrick Beverly is is obvious. Um uh, what about what about Zach Collins? I feel like he's got some potential to be. <laughs> Maybe it's just a continued Sneaky. vendetta against him. <laughs> MT, that leaves you. Uh, I I definitely thought Rudy Gobert. Same reason as Bonte. I think he just would assume because they're in a bubble, everything is fine, and he would just start touching everybody's food. But um, I think. I'm going to go a different way, not a player. I'm going to go a coach. I'm going to go Mike Budenholzer. I think he has never been a great playoff coach, and they're going to hit the playoffs and they're supposed to be favorites. And he's nervous about that, and he's nervous that if they don't do well, he's going to lose Giannis. So I think Coach Buds is out there just poisoning everybody's food so that Milwaukee wins the championship. I like the idea of a coach. I could see Pop doing it, but not like illegally, almost like as a political statement. He's like, I guess we don't even care about this virus anymore. He's just like touching everybody's food, you know, just like in front of cameras showing them that we're just not taking this seriously enough. But let me flip and ask you this over under Bonte, one and a half. How many teams will Coach Kerr coach for over his career? Ooh, I say over one and a half. I do think he coaches somewhere else. Um, why? I'm not sure why. You know what? You know what? We do a thing on our show, Bonte Starting Guru, called Back Up the Truck, where we want to take back our take immediately. And we kind of just flip to the other side. <laughs> I actually think it's going to work out like this. Kerr's going to only coach the Warriors for a long period of time. And once he's done coaching the Warriors, he's going back into the front office. So I'm taking an underwear yeah. to have here. I like that. Uh, Marcus, you agree? 
Yeah, I was going to be my exact answer. Um, and not Shocking. for points. Not for points. Light skin um, brothers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but I think it's, it's spot on. I think, you know, especially with his back problems and the way that the Warriors organization has embraced Steve is I think he coaches until he doesn't want to anymore or until the system doesn't call for a player-friendly coach, more of a system X's and O's coach. And he goes to the front office and um, stays with the organization. I take the under, but I don't agree with the front office thing. I think there's going to be an ugly divorce, and it's going to be unjustified. Um, Laker doesn't strike me as the most calm or, uh, <laughs> I don't know, patient of people. Um, and I think there's going to be a period when the Warriors are not going to be dominating the world anymore. It might be within the next three or four years. And as opposed to them rebuilding or understanding that Coach Kerr might not be the best answer at that point, I think that there might be some blaming, some finger pointing, and one of the first ones might be a Kerr. Uh, so who knows? You know, I might be off on that. But the thing I'm positive of is that when his tenure ends here, Kerr either goes back into television, spends time with his family, maybe as a front office somewhere, but I don't think he takes another coaching position. I think uh, I think he is done with that. Maxie, give us your take here. I I agree. I'm also taking the under. I don't think there's any chance that he's going to take another job after he leaves this one. Um, I don't even think that he's going to go back to TV just because of that those back issues. Uh, I do like the take of maybe him going to the front office, but I think it would be more in like a Jerry West advisory role. Come in when you want, do what you want. I don't even honestly see him really leaving the Bay. Maybe he'd move back to LA, um, but I definitely don't think he's going out of state. So, but yeah, ultimately agree under. Bonte, Western Conference Finals. Who's in it? Clippers, Lakers. Clippers, Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I am intrigued with Houston, the small ball lineup, especially with this long layoff. But it, I, I can't go against the LA teams right now. I, I'm with you, and I'm assuming we all are. But so that you can uh, be excited for this answer too, Bonte, you need to know that Marcus has been like a huge Houston guy all year. I feel like he said Houston was going to make the finals. So let's oh, find wow. out if he's come to his senses. MC, who do you got in the Western Conference Finals? Not only did I say they'd make the finals, I said they were going to win. I um, wasn't going to bust oh, you out. That was such a terrible oh, take. I wasn't even going to bring oh. it up. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was pre-Clint Capella being traded. Um, <laughs> but I'm still, I'm still a little bullish on them, and I have no reason why, and I don't think it's a smart decision, but... I, for some reason, I just feel like Houston small ball in this situation might work. Like you got to look at the players like we were talking about last week when Rick brought it up, like which superstar players can still bring that energy on their own when there's nobody in the stands. And I think that's a different game, like how it felt yeah. when we were practicing with nobody in the stands versus game time is completely different. So I can only imagine what it's like at the NBA level. Um, and I, you know, like I see a Harden and a Westbrook translating a little bit better than some of those other stars. I think Kawhi is the ultimate. I don't care if anybody's watching me or not. So I think the Clippers get there, but I think it's Clippers Houston. I think the, the pressure involved. So, I mean, Houston has an insane amount of pressure. Chances are if they don't make at least the Western conference finals, they're going to be broken up or at least Mike D loses the job. Right. But, but, same thing's true for the Lakers and the Clips, at least as far as stakes are concerned. The Lakers, how many years do they have with LeBron being LeBron? Not a whole lot. They're going to be going balls to the wall this year. It's probably one of the main reasons the NBA is being played, right? And then the Clippers just traded like 18 first-round picks for two shots at the championships. 
this is one of those two shots. So I think that when push comes to shove, both talent and motivation mean that it'll be the Lakers and the Clips. Uh, Maxime, over under, wins for the Warriors next year, 55. Oof. I want to be bullish and take the over because I want to believe in this team, but um, at I I got to take the under right now. I, th- I think there are too many variables. The leading one in my mind being Clay um, and his ACL for me to to think that they're going to get over 55. Bonte? 55 is a lot, man, because you got to think Clay's going to be out a few games. Draymond, Steph, the load management, going under. I do think they can win more than 50 games, but 55 is high. And we know how the Warriors treat the regular season. So I, I think they, they fall shy. They'll win about eh, 52-53 if they all remain healthy. But I'm going under. What's a successful season? Like, what do we want to see next year? Is it is it wins? Is it seeding in the playoffs? Like, do we want them to be, you know, above the, the fourth seed? Like, what would you guys consider a good year next year? I think the top four seed in the Western Conference. You get a top four seed in the Western Conference. You're a contender, a bona fide contender for a finals appearance. I think that is a success where you're like, okay, the window is still open. They're still playing at a high level. Just maybe you need a tweak here or there. But you, you guys brought up the you brought up the Lakers brand and how they may only have two shots, right? And Dave Davis, I think I don't think he's a lot to come back to LA. There's something fishy about him putting his house on the market. Now I heard that he had two houses and he wanted to live close to Staples Center. I don't know how many players want to live closer to the arena or whatnot. I mean, it's <laughs> La La Land, right? I, I, I find that hard to believe he doesn't want to live on the beach or something or in the hills out there in Beverly Hills. So um, the Clippers, too, like, they'll be a contender, I think, next year. Rockets, yeah, they'll be – as long as they have Harden to Westbrook, they'll be a factor in the Western Conference. Utah, we'll see what happens. But I do think a successful season for the Warriors will be a top four to see the Western Conference. And if you see them playing on that – in the second round, and they're playing deep in the second round, or they make the conference finals. I think that's a, a success for the Go to State Warriors next year. I think that's right, um, and I, I like the idea of a of a top four seed, especially given how this year was. Not only making the playoffs, but then having a home game in the or having a home court advantage um, in the first round would mean a lot. So I think that's on the money. Uh, I want to ask you. I would add one thing just real quick. I, I think. A successful season for me, too, is outside of performance during the regular season is how well we do in this offseason. So I think, you know, we 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 hard capped ourselves. We had the D'Angelo Russell kind of, you know, dating for a while. And then what we turned that into with Wiggins and this draft pick and we're going after big stars to Bonte's point, like Bob Myers might be angling for Anthony Davis and nobody knows and we just come out of nowhere and you know are being talked about at that point so who knows what's going to happen but I think the success of next season is dependent on the record but I think it also is how well are we have we set ourselves up for the future moving forward because of this offseason well expectations will be dictated by roster if Yanis joins then you know when we end up in fourth in the west we're not going to be super happy about that um and so yeah I I think that's not a bad read at all. Bonte, what major sport will play in front of fans first? Um, and when I say major sport, I'm limiting us to America. And what I'm thinking of are 
football, baseball, basketball, um, hockey, and I guess I should include NASCAR, although I don't really view that as a sport. And soccer. No, I'm just leaving it to the ones I said. <laughs> Bonte Brand hates the beautiful game, just FYI. I just hate the term, the beautiful game. Hey, I love me some soccer. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm getting into soccer a lot and a lot more, man. I've become a Tottenham fan, even though they stink and lose all the big games. You don't love soccer. You don't love soccer, baby. You love football. I know. Don't you use the same word? American football. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Football. No, no, you do not. Do not say football that. with the U. You bastard, oh, yeah. Okay, look, I do I, like it. I do like it a lot. I'm in love with the man. Okay, there you go. Like that's those cool soccer jerseys. Cool <laughs> soccer jerseys. Man, just walk out the house with them. Man, man, how do you not like the Premier League, man? Come on, bro. I mean, no. just here's, here's what I'm saying. I love that stuff. It's occasionally, it's occasionally entertaining. But when you talk about the Niners, you love the Niners. When you talk about the Warriors, man, you love the Warriors. When you talk about the Giants, you love the Giants. You don't love Tottenham. You don't love soccer. Don't say that. You're, you're just lying to everybody. It's, it's, it's a love. It's like, it's like uh, you telling your homies, like, hey, man, I love you, dog. You know, it's not deep love. It's lovable. No, it's, it's like saying. Love. Like, the love it, I have with football and baseball and basketball, obviously, it's a deeper love. It's a different love. I mean, you know, maybe some soccer. I'm like you that. Love, casual. You love soccer the way that, you, like, if you went to a friend and they cooked for you, and you're like, I love this <laughs> because they brought it to you. You're just saying that for Marcus and I. And we, no, we don't have to, uh, uh, to work. But the question on the table, I want your answer to. What sport uh, laid in front of a fan first? It's going to be football. And yeah. I think it's going to be college football like that. Because especially in the SEC, so. Southeastern Conference, man, down in the South, they're just different. They don't give a damn about this COVID-19. They just want to get out the house and, and watch their boys play football and make that money. Because, yeah. you know, obviously football is big for the economy down there in, in the South, in Oklahoma with the Big 12 and the Midwest. So um, I definitely think college football, it's going to be football, but it's going to be college football just because they play probably a week before, you know, they kick off their season a week before the NFL. College football is going to have fans before everybody. So, it's just to lump the NFL and college football together, it's going to be football that has fans first at their uh, at their events. I think if the University of Florida had a game tomorrow, there'd be 150,000 people in the tailgating section. I think you are completely Easily. right. Yeah. Uh, MT, you agree? Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be college football. I mean, if, you know, other sports are already coming back, like, you know, we won't get into the soccer debate and MLS, but I think of the major sports, it's it's going to be it's going to be college football. Let's flip back to basketball, boys. Maxime, I'll throw this towards you. Who will be the highest scorer in the playoffs this year? Points per game. Wow, as an individual. Yep. Wow. I mean, it's. I feel like LeBron's going to be on a on a particular tear. Um, so I'm going to go with LeBron. I'll say Harden because I think Mike Dean knows he's going to lose his job and his only chance that he will keep it is if Harden averages like a thousand a game. So they will give him the ball and he will be ramming it down opponents' throats nonstop. Bonte, where are you at? Oh, Yeah, it's probably going to be Harden. It's probably going to be Harden. He looks skinny. Looks like he's vegan now. Like, you see how much weight he's lost? I mean, the guy is... I, I don't know what's going on. He may cut meat out of his diet, so I'm going to go with Harden as well. I got you, Maxine. <laughs> Ooh, 
Who wins the title, boys? So two questions. Um, and Bonte, keep the mic, please. Who wins the title? And whoever does win it, should there be an asterisk on it? Ooh, I'm going to roll with the Clippers. That was my preseason pick. I'm going to roll with the Clippers. And no, there shouldn't be an asterisk on it because, look, it's a level, play, it's a level playing field now. People have had rest. Teams have had rest. Guys are coming back from injuries. You know, everybody's playing in the same gym. No fans. There's no home court advantage. It's all neutral. I mean, we're going to talk about this championship differently. I mean, there's going to be people like, look, every single year somebody brings up something. Let's take the Warriors, right? 2015 off, Kyrie and Kevin Love with the hurt. Cavaliers win. 2016 off, Draymond doesn't get suspended or Bogey doesn't get hurt or Gadala doesn't get hurt. Warriors win. There's always an excuse after every single championship, whether it's a 50-game season like when the Spurs won their first championship or now. So people are going to talk about it, but no, there should not be an asterisk on this championship at all uh, due to the circumstances. Everybody's there in Orlando. There's no real, like, are the Orlando Magic going to have a home court advantage because they're in Orlando? Absolutely not. You know, so it's I'm going with the Clippers, and no, you should definitely honor the champion as if they're a champion in the regular 82 game season uh, with home court advantage and playoffs and things like that. So, uh, no assets at all. I can't, I can't rock like that. Good news, bad news, Monte. Bad news is I'm desperately disagree with you, and I'm going to explain why. Good news is Marcus is going to go last, and you and I both know Marcus is just going to agree with you, so it'll be two-on-one. But I think it's going to be the Lakers are going to win. That's not the thing I disagree with. Do I think there should be an asterisk on it? Wholeheartedly, 100%, yes. I don't think that the championship should be viewed as any less. What you just said about the playing field is what's right. What matters is all the teams who are in the playoffs are playing with the same circumstances, playing with the same hardships. So the championship, the title, the ring is legitimate. But to me, what an asterisk does is communicate to whoever it is that's reading the thing that has the asterisk that, hey, you should know something about this. This one was a little bit different. And this one was Bonte. Injuries, dude, injuries happen in every season that has ever been played in any sport at any point ever. So I don't feel like that's a difference. But in this, you know what doesn't always happen? They have no fans. They have different amount of games. They weren't even sure how to handle the home court advantage. Nobody's traveling. The, the amount of differences that are going to be included in this playoffs, we couldn't spit into a microphone if we had 40 minutes to detail them. So I will congratulate its champion, but of course there should be something that that brings, you know, 50 years from now when people look back on it, they should know that they played less regular season games and that the playoffs were played in an entirely different setting. Marcus, who do you agree with? You're going to be shocked, but I am with you, Bram. Let's go! Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I think think that, well... uh, I, I think the Clippers are going to win. So not, I think you said Lakers, right? But Bonte, you said Clippers. Yeah. I think yeah. I did say. Yeah. Um, but I think the Clippers <laughs> are going to win um, over over the Rockets. But um, I do think it needs an asterisk only because that's precedent. When, you know, in the 99 season, there's, you know, little asterisks that the NBA had a lockout and it was a shortened season. So I think because if that one was given an asterisk, this one has 20 more variables in it that make it so much different. So um, 
I think you just have to roll with what deserves an asterisk. If we gave one to the 1999 season, then this one probably gets two. Well, actually, this is my last topic, and it's kind of a random one, but I was excited to talk to you about it. So we, we, Marcus mentioned it. We had Rick Barry on the show last week, and it was it was surreal. Is what we, it had Rick. Uh, oh, we did. We great, isn't he? He was. Yeah, he's, uh, he's an interesting dude. And yeah, he was great, and we enjoyed the show. And one of the things we asked him about was the night Lake of God boot, right? Because uh, Rick was there, and he took the mic, and he admonished all the fans and all of that. And I was there that night, um, and I didn't talk to Rick about it, although we all insinuated that the fans were wrong to boo. And I wanted to talk to you. Let, let me ask you, were you there that night? I was not there. I was a broke boy on the couch. <laughs> I, okay, I respect it. If you had been. If you were there, would you have booed? I probably would have booed. I definitely would have booed. And not because Joe Lakeham was a new owner, because at that point, I think Warrior fans had had it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, coming off the We Believe, and look, We Believe was the anomaly in a rough 20-year stretch for the organization, or a 17-year stretch, I should say, by not making the night playoffs from 94 to 2007. Um it was frustrating. And then Monte Ellis, who seemingly was a face of the franchise, he didn't know about Andrew Bogan and his injuries. He didn't know about Seth Curry and his ankle. And you get an owner who's basically talking about, we're going to hang a banner next to the one up there in 1975, uh, to the 1975 championship team. Nobody wants to hear that. The franchise, it was a decrepit franchise. There was no hope. I mean, it was just like, Lakeup, I get that you bought the team, but nobody's the, nobody knows who you are, first of all. Uh, and then second, uh, <laughs> who are you to come in here in the Bay Area and say, oh, the Warriors are going to win a championship? And, well, no, 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 you can't do that. So I definitely would have booed because of the frustration that led up to that moment, the frustration of this organization being laughed at, left in, right, having your star player uh, being injured here with Steph Curry, not knowing with Andrew Bogut, who, you know, who's going to coach this team? You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just a mess. A mess, so I would have booed just the boo because of the built-in <laughs> frustration of growing up as a Warrior fan, seeing them win 20 games, 25 games, seeing them draft guys like Todd Fuller, seeing them just blow draft pick after draft pick. I mean, you, we could go all night long on that stretch from the mid-90s to the late 2000s. So, you know, I would have booed, Bram. I would definitely boo. <laughs> I see. I love that I would have been yelling at the top of my lungs. Let's go. See. It would have been F-bombs. <laughs> it would have been It would have been a very frustrated Vontae Hill in the building uh, that night at Oracle Arena. So I would have bet that. Um, and that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. So I was there, man. I just, I, it was super random. I, I think a friend invited me. And so I remember getting really frustrated with Lakeham because he was talking so much. He, like, he kept taking the mic and was, was talking over Chris Mullen. Now, surprisingly, you know, I, you know how much you and I have in common, and I, I back everything you just said. Surprisingly, although my frustration got ridiculously high, I didn't boo Lakeham. But... I'm going to make an admission to you now that I didn't make last week. So Lakeham goes for a while, goes for a while. He starts getting booed mercilessly. Nobody can stop him. And then Rick Barry grabs the mic. And Rick Barry starts admonishing the crowd. How dare you guys do that? Bonte, I didn't boo Lakeham. I booed the out of Rick Barry. I booed the <laughs> out of him. Did you tell him that? 
Uh, no, hell no, I didn't tell him that. And when we were like, oh. we were going back and forth. But I definitely thought of it. Because I remember thinking, like, man, this little leg is definitely Rick Bear. Why is Rick Barry screaming at Boo! Like, boo louder than, like, I could possibly bring. Alcohol may have been involved. But, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's not something I'm proud of. But it is something that happened. Uh, Marcus, Maxine, take us home. Did you boys boo or would you have booed that evening? <laughs> no, I, you know, I... I tend to, um, so I, I, obviously I was not there um, because I was a broke boy on the couch too. My general <laughs> uh, feeling about this whole thing is like, I, I don't know, that just, it tends to make me uncomfortable because I, I, I like to think I'm a pretty empathetic person. Um, and Joe Lego, too good of a person to boo? Not, not too wanna... good of a person to boo, but <laughs> oh. I did, like in that well, moment, dude is trying, man. you know, he's trying. Oh. <laughs> Way too sensitive of an answer. How about you, MG? Um, I would have booed, and but I would have booed because it it felt like at that moment, Lakeup didn't appreciate what we had been through as a fan base. Like, you can't go through those, that many years of being disappointed and just the team that everybody stole players from and you know just the draft picks everything that went wrong did and for him to come in there and just glance over that and talk over and for that long during a ceremony where we're recognizing one of the players that was our last good run and chris mullins like i just think it was tone deaf and i would have booed to but booed in the sense of like get off the mic not because of what he was saying. Like, get off the mic. Here's what you boys don't know. Maxine lied to you. In fact, he was there. And there's a single really fine point <laughs> mic where if you listen super closely, you hear one voice screaming, no, Lakeup's a really good person. I feel for you, Lakeup. Oh, why are you not F*** you, and Bram. You're terrible people. I have one question for Bonte before we go. Sure. A little bit of a shift. So one thing I want to know, and maybe Bonte, you have some insight on this, is um, we talked about tampering. Like, you know, would right. players tamper with food? And, you know, that's more of a joke, I think, than anything. But having 22 teams in the bubble and some of their, you know, like personnel and players right. allows for players to tamper in a different way, for you to bond more. You know, like it's almost like a right. mini Olympic village. So. Right. Are the Warriors, like, feeling any type of way about that? Do they feel like they're missing out on a chance? Does Bob My Did Bob Myers ask if he could get into the bubble just because, you know, like, I'm sure whatever other teams are there, I'm sure Ujuri Masai is over there going to happen to just have yeah. dinner next to Giannis one of those times at, at, at the restaurant where they're both allowed to be. So it feels like it's a little bit of a unfair advantage that, these 22 teams and their players and their front office personnel that are allowed in the bubble have a chance to build a camaraderie that the other teams don't. And especially going into a postseason where the Warriors are looking to make some, some deals. You know, it definitely feels like it's an, it's an advantage to tamper with the other teams in Orlando, but with cell phones being active, these guys are one phone call away, one text away. Um, yeah, they miss out on meeting players face-to-face, -face, talking to them on the side, maybe eating breakfast together or whatnot six feet away. There's definitely something to that. But I think there's other players who definitely know what the Warriors have coming back. They know that Steph and Clay and Dre are going to be there. 
Uh, people are looking at the Warriors and the new facility and the ownership group and saying, okay, that's a, that's a very solid franchise. So I do think they'll miss out on being in a bubble, to your point. Like, yeah, the interactions, the face-to-face, with cell phones in and Zoom, MacBook computers. These players are going to be in the rooms a lot. They're a phone call away. So um, I don't think it, it'll hurt them as much as you think it would hurt them. I get your point. Um, I think there's something to it. But I don't think they'll be hurt as much as what people believe, man, because, look, look, teams know Steph's going to be back. They see the workout videos. They know what the Warriors have. They know they have a top pick that they may trade. Uh, the mid-level exception, the $17.2 million-dollar uh, trade exception. So, yeah, they don't get that face-to-face. And, you know, you're not in Orlando hanging out with guys at the DJ booth or playing ping-pong with them. But I don't think it'll hurt the Warriors as much uh, as you think. Um, because, again, like these guys know who each other. They know each other. It's like an AAU tournament, right? They know right. what's going on. Right. You know, it's an AAU tournament. They know what's going on in the bubble, but they also know about the teams that are not there, and they know what the teams that are not there, they know what they have and, and what they have coming back. So I, I think the Warriors will be fine in that department. Um, but I, I definitely did think about that a couple of weeks ago, Marcus. I definitely did. Well, it's good to hear. I was nervous about it, for sure. And I think it's a great question, and I yeah. think that Steve Kerr would agree with your answer, Monte. Let's take that magical button I made up earlier, give it to Steve Kerr and say, okay, press it, the Warriors are in Orlando. I don't think he would. I don't think Myers would. I don't think Lakeham would. I don't think any of the players would. I think all of them want this burger year to be over, and I think they all want to start <laughs> focusing yeah. on the next year. I think that all the advantages you just talked about, Marcus, are 100% real, but I don't know if this team can take advantage of them where they are right now, right? Like the I, maybe like Devin Booker being there, like the future superstar teams we don't know yet. You know, like they might be formed in Orlando over these next couple of weeks. Um, but for the Warriors, the people who they're going to be adding, the major superstar like Yanis, that's not going to be because of a relationship. It's going to be because things didn't go well, and all the rest of the players will be people like. Mark Gasol over the next couple of years, you know, veterans who just want to play there, not because of relationships, but because of, like Bonte said, who they know, who the people are. Um, but great question. And Bonte, you were awesome. I don't, I won't, I won't belabor the obvious. We always love having you on that. You are one of my favorite guests, but um, tell oh, the listeners where the hell we can find more Bonte Hill, because I know I'm not the only one who needs more Bonte in life. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if people want more Bonte in their life, but uh, uh, I'll at your own risk on Twitter, as always, at Bonte Hill. I'll be tweeting some ridiculous stuff right now, uh, maybe about Pitcher Perkins. I know we didn't bring him up, but, man, what a tool. Um, also, 957thegame.com. You can find my stuff there. 10 to 2, Monday through Friday with Daryl the Gurus out to the match side. It's, man, we have a lot of fun over at 957thegame. For us, all I will do is leave you with a very important public safety announcement. If you guys want to go out there and play hoop, all good. But whatever you do, do not play doubles ping pong. With that in mind, go Warriors. We'll see you in a week. Good, good. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.